What's going on, ladies and gents? Welcome to episode, I think, 18 of the Fearful Football Podcast. I am your host, Sanchez Bailey. And again, I'm starting with the guest um, today. It's a very interesting guest that we do have because I really wanted to explore the idea of um, playing abroad. And you know, um, you know as, well, as well as I do how popular that is becoming now, but it also is quite a daunting uh, whole journey, so to speak. So I'm speaking to someone who I would consider a pioneer of going abroad and playing you know, in another country and building up his reputation, playing at the highest um, standard that you can in the country. And I'm speaking to Matthew Watson, who plays in uh, for the USL League, right? Yeah, that's great. Uh, Indy 11. In the 11, I know it's a bit of a weird name. Welcome to the podcast, my guy. How are you doing? Thank you. Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you very much. Just enjoying my weekend. So, so um, well, we were speaking on, you know, on on Instagram. We came across each other on Instagram, and you was um very, it was a very um airing and nervy time in America because it was election period, right? <laughs> you look at peace yeah, now. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. You look at peace now. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, that was huge for me personally. Obviously, I couldn't vote or anything in the election, but the guy in charge, Donald Trump, I think is a clown. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't think he's not a politician. I don't think he knows what he's doing. I think he's disrespectful. I think he brings out the worst in people. And I think for the future of this country, he had to go. And like, for me, it's not like a Democrat versus Republican thing. Like, I just think him in particular, the human being, is not what you need running your country. So yeah. that's that's my piece. Well, I'm, I'm going to say how rude of me, firstly, because um, you're speaking and people are hearing you now, and um, they yeah. hear an accent. It, yeah. <laughs> you're not an American. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, that's that's correct. So I'll give a little bit of a brief, and then you can finish the story for me. Okay. You're from the Midlands in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, and then now you are currently based in Indiana. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. So yeah, yeah. explain that because that's almost not normal for many Englishmen. Yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, I, I grew, grew up in the UK. Uh, was just playing Sunday League, got signed for Wolves at 14. Uh, was there until 19 at that time. They made a decision whether you go in the first team. And I didn't get the first team, but the FA had a program where college coaches come and watch you play like over a couple of days in these games. And I got offered scholarships to get to the United States and I'd always kind of found the States an interesting place. Like I love hip hop, uh, love, love like the clothes and all that. So I was like, yeah, let me try this. And like, honestly, I didn't, I wasn't thinking long-term, like I'm going to stay there, whatever. I thought I'll go get my degree at college and then work out from there. Like for me, like kind of football at that point was in the backseat. Like maybe I'm not, never going to play pro, you know? So I was like, let me go get my degree. It'll be free. Cause I got full full scholarship, whatever. And, uh, I just took, I just took it, took a gamble, and ended up coming over to America. Uh, didn't really love school. Like I'd finished school in in the UK at that time. You finished at sixteen, so from sixteen nineteen, I was just in the academy playing football. Like no education really. I was going one day a week to my local college. But I wasn't really invested in that either. Uh, so to go back to school full time, like was not for me at that time. Like mentally, like I wasn't in a space where I wanted to be in a classroom listening to someone tell me about something I didn't really care about yeah uh so after three semesters I was like I gotta leave like I can't do this my team at college wasn't very good so I, I dropped out basically and actually funnily enough signed for an indoor team professional indoor team first where my boy he was at Wolves also was he signed there uh so this guy Johnny Steele the Irish kid who was at Wolves with me and he came to the states and started playing pro straight away so he calls me up and was like, why don't you come out? So I went, played. It's like 
5v5 on the field, you know. Like, but, like, the, the team I signed for, like, my first game, we had 15,800 fans, something like that. Like, packed house for this indoor soccer. It's in the States as well. What's that, sorry? It's in the States still. Yeah, they still have it. They still have it. I, I don't know if the attendance is as, as high as they used to be, but like during that time, like there's good rivalries with their like rivals, Milwaukee and Philadelphia and stuff. Yeah. And so like the the fan base is uh, religious about it. Like they've been coming since like the eighties to watch these games, these indoor yeah. games, and they've had some like big players uh, come and play. So you know, it, I'm a fish out of water. I'm just like following a path. Really, I didn't really have a plan at this time, and then they actually loaned me outdoor to a team called Richmond Kickers in Virginia and that's kind of how my outdoor career started and I've just been playing for the last like this is my this is upcoming this be my 16th professional season in the States. That's crazy and just listening to yeah. you and like it'll be great to really kind of pick up some moments and explore how you kind of handled it and maybe if you was to handle it again what you might do differently or even the same. But um, yeah. I'm hearing you speak and just hearing the accent and I feel like it's a bit of a mixture. I feel like it's getting there towards the American side, but it's, you're still holding on. <laughs> the- <laughs> you know what? It's weird because over here, like, no one understands what I'm saying. Like, I will go in a shop and I'll say something and people just look at me like I'm crazy. Like, they, or they think I'm from Australia. Or, yes, it sounds like that now. <laughs> they will know, know it. Yeah, or they know I'm English and just want me to talk. They'll say, can you say something for me? You right. know? And uh, yeah, so like anytime I say numbers, they don't understand what I'm saying. Like if I'm on the phone, no one understands what I'm saying. But then when I come home, like everyone says I sound a little bit American, which is so I'm like caught in between, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you're, I'm guessing you, you obviously um, found an American companion. So yeah, so my wife is American. I met her in college like straight away in 2004. This... November 7th was our 11-year wedding anniversary. We've got three kids. Uh, my life is in the States now, basically. Yeah, yeah. So you were in a house full of um, Americans as well. So well done for holding on as, as much as you can. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I'm, I'm trying to educate in the right way, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. But um, just kind of moving on to, like, your time now in England, yeah? So you're playing um, yeah. at Wolves. Were there even any yeah. players that you were playing with at the time that is senior in the English game now? Or even in the American game or anywhere. So there's a player called Leon Clark. Yeah, there's a player called Leon Clark. Who's Leon Clark? He was at Sheffield United for a little bit. I'm not sure where he is now, but he he's been. He was at Wolves for a while in the first team, and then I think he maybe went to Sheffield after that. It's kind of still he's still in the game there, and I think he's had quite a good career for himself. But I mean, you know, it's like in the academy, like most of the guys don't make it. I mean. Jolin was in the first team while I was there, but had already like graduated from the academy. Uh, That's what you're referring to, I believe. What's that? Sorry. You say Jolin. Jolin Lescott what, had graduated the academy, was still like in the club. Uh, we had a couple players like make that first step to be on the first team roster, but never really like break through. Yeah. So, you know, like so many guys come in every year, and the turnover is huge. Like most of them, you know, most players don't make it. And how did you take that? Now like, I don't know if you even heard. Um... And it's really sad news that there was a gentleman in the UK that, that committed suicide not too long ago. I don't know if you heard of the news. I, I saw that. Yeah. And yeah, that, I saw that. that I just saw echoes that. the pressures of the academy life and, you know, the, the jump and maybe not even getting it to that professional standard. How did you kind of handle it? Because yeah. that's everyone's dream at that time. Yeah. You, you know, like, 
every one of your friends and everyone knows that you know you're, you you're, you've made it quote unquote you know you're on the academy whatever like your your path is destined to be one of the footballing greats of the world you know like everyone wants to know what's going on with your time and like once I finished school and my friends were like doing other things, like I was playing football. So like everyone's looking to me, asking how it's going, whatever, when are you going to play in the first team? When are you going to move to Arsenal? You know, like these kind of questions in their minds, like it's, it's given, but it, it's tough, you know, it's, it's hard. You're competing with, you know, the other best players from your local area or elsewhere, you know, especially now like players all over the world come into these academies. It's not just the UK players you're competing with and, the pressures to succeed are so much and you're so young at that time you don't really have the life experience or maybe the mental capacity to handle some of the things so it was tough I mean to be honest like I think it was tougher for my parents because they always thought I was gonna make it you know like I, I feel like I had a decent run in the academy and I, I gave myself a decent chance but I, like to be honest like I don't think I took it as serious as maybe I should have at that time you know maybe I didn't understand uh quite what was in front of me uh you know being an immature teenager I was still like my friends weren't playing football but I always wanted to hang out with my friends stay up late you know and I thought when I'm on the field I give 100% you know but outside factors you know probably hindered me a little bit so uh when it happened I, I wasn't super discouraged like I'm pretty laid back easy going probably that probably hurt me like that was probably one of the reasons I didn't make it but uh definitely hurt my my family like they were supportive but you know they they were worried for me and what I'm, what I'm going to be doing because you know I didn't love school I didn't really have a, a pathway of what I was going to do after that so as I said I went on a couple little trials at local smaller teams and just it, it, I just I wasn't built to play at the lower levels you know but especially at that time I'm not sure if it's still down but it's you know getting smashed in tackles winning headers and all that yeah. stuff like I, I like football I like passing moving dribbling like you, I'm not in it for like a dog fight you know so yeah. I wasn't sure what I was going to do but again I'm pretty easy going and I, I just thought I'd find my way and at that time I had no responsibilities you know like I was I was going to be fine in life terms obviously someone whose football was their dream you know like that that was tough but I, I just, as soon as I got that American thing, I kind of attached to that, stuck with that, and that worked out for me. So I, I think if you already know something about the country, that probably helps. But I would say, like, again, it's going to be different for everyone. But if you have the right support system in place, like, you can do it without the risk. Like, I always knew my parents would be there for me. Like, if I go, get there, make a hash of it, it doesn't work out, I could always go back home and start afresh. So I kind of went with that mentality that I've got, what have I got to lose? I'm, I'm not going to play in England right now. Like I want to play some more. And I was thinking I'll get my degree, come back. I, I was kind of thought I was going to come back with a degree and just get a job, but that just didn't turn out happening. And as I said, I think for anyone listening, you should go with an open mind and kind of just follow things naturally. Like I never planned for this to happen, but it happened and it worked out for me. So for sure, and, and I'm glad that you mentioned the support system. That was something I definitely wanted to speak to as well because the people around you are very important in terms of keeping you a lot like um, on course, essentially. So fast forward into you. Um, well, you were saying that you was going to make it, having the feeling that your ability was far superior to then to those that were in the scholarship ranks. And then fast forward to you actually then becoming a pro. You know, so congratulations on that because you know it's not an easy feat. 
Um, so, how did that um, actual process go about? Yeah. Coming along? Uh, I mean, so as I said, I dropped out. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do. I was planning on going to another college, a bigger college that took it more seriously. Uh, and then as my friend hooked me up playing for Indoor, the Baltimore oh, okay, team. Okay, yeah. yeah, so my first experience, yeah, my first experience was indoor and like, I didn't love indoor. Like, I played six years because the way the seasons go, like the outdoor kind of goes just in one year, like from March to like October and then indoor covers the other parts. So I get paid all year round. I play indoor and played outdoor, yes. like back to back with no breaks. Like they literally overlap. So I, I literally missed preseason on both ends, which was amazing. But the mm -hmm. fitnesses are very different. Uh, but that, that, just, that just worked out. And luckily the team I played for was like, the indoor team was very professional. They're very good. They took care of everything, my housing, like I got good money there. Like the fan base was amazing. So that was, I was lucky. Like a lot of these teams in America, come and go like they're in one season gone the next you know there's so many teams since i've been here following and i've been very fortunate in going to teams that have, are still around and yes. more established so then they loaned me so i was signed to the indoor team loaned to my outdoor team richmond and so i went on trial there it was just i just turn up i don't know anyone it's just we play we play a game i do well i think i got an assist and then they were like yeah i'm signed you but then i remember my very first professional game like the tryout was at night and Virginia's a hot place. And then my first game was in the day and I came on a sub. Yeah. And when I say like, I couldn't breathe, I couldn't run. And I remember the captain of the team at the time, uh, his name was Mike Burke, yelling at me, do you want, you don't want to play? You, you don't want to play out here? And I was like, I can't breathe, like I can't run. So like at that point, I was around my mom. I was like, mom, I don't think like I can do this. Like yeah. it's too much. And then she actually came across. So that's talking about the support system. My mom came over uh she just took care of like stuff i need in the house because that time like i was i was earning like nothing like i basically wasn't allowed to sign because i hadn't got my like work visa or whatever right so i was still on my like college visa so they basically were giving me per diem every day so for that first season i had like just enough money to get by i could basically pay my car uh payment uh in fact i couldn't even pay my car payment i was just paying the insurance Mm. and just enough food like that was it like I had no money for extras I was bare bones but again I was like well this is my chance to make it so you know when that's what's presented you just go with it like the thought of what I've been through to get to where I'm at and like be more established it looking back it was hell but at the time I was like young you know I was like 21 like I didn't need extravagant things but that was tough so my mom came across and I, I wanted to quit honestly I wanted to go home I was like I don't think I'm gonna like the captain's yelling at me first game. Like I didn't play well, whatever, whatever. Like let me just just go home quick. But mom said, like, look, let's just stay. Let's play one more game, whatever. Yeah, okay. So I did that, and I scored in that game. I scored in the game after. I think I scored in the game after that, and that kind of was it for me. Like I was uh, regarded as one of the better players in the team. The fan base warmed to me, and I stuck around and kind of just bounced around America since then. Yeah, interesting and. That sounds like a an actually interesting story to watch in terms of someone from England coming to the States and surviving and having the challenges of limited funds and, you know, acclimatising. Yeah. And then you having that support system as well. And, and, and that's probably one of the standout messages in terms of um, us speaking today is, is, is ensuring that you have that people with you, ideally before you even go. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean... 
like I said, it's it's daunting going to a new country, but if you have no nothing to fall back on, I think that's what would be one of the hardest things. Just knowing that I could come back to somebody and that would, you know, basically let me land on my feet and start again was huge. But again, when you're younger, I think it's easier to take that chance. I think as you get older, like now, like I'm family I have a wife I can't be taking huge risks you know but at that point I think when you're younger it's the time to take risks try new things and you know every situation is different I think but most people when you're younger are more likely to have a support system behind them so yeah now um there's something I was going to say which I completely forgot now which is quite annoying but anyway one one thing I definitely do want to know is looking back on your career now not even saying that it's done because you, you know you've finished your season now and you're waiting to reconvene again so it's not the story's yeah. not over but in terms yeah. of looking back now what would you say is the highlight for you uh, I think my seasons in Vancouver were the highlight that was like the most professional club that I've been a part of like, that was the MLS right that was an MLS. That was my first contract to MLS. So I signed like a four-year contract in Vancouver. But like the way it is in the MLS, especially when you're unknown, it's like one year guaranteed and then like three years of options where they can keep you and not keep you. But I managed to stay all four years, uh, two Vancouver, two in Chicago. But like Vancouver, first of all, city is just amazing. Like there's like mountains, there's water, there's beaches. The city's like nice and clean. Uh, and I would say Canada is more like a bridge between, like it's between America and England. It's got some of England, like the fashion elements are more English. Like the Americans can, don't wear, but can be sloppy dresses. Whereas the Canadians take more pride in their look, which I liked a lot. Uh, right. Like you get more of the English, like candy, like Smarties and stuff, which since they, it's like, you know, everything's like this Hershey chocolate, which is not for me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, so like my time in Canada was amazing. Uh, the club was like they picked me and my family up from the airport. Like everything off the field was taken care of, so you could just focus on football. Mm-hmm. Which I think comes to psychology, like the psycholo- psychology behind that is huge. You know, like first of all, you have no excuses because like the housing's taken care of. Like the team admins like drop you if you don't have a uh, transport they're going to drop you to where you can get transport they're going to help you out like the amount of medical staff at that club was unbelievable there was like four like full-time uh medical people masseuses uh acupuncturists chiropractors like you had no excuse not to be healthy be on the field like everything's taken care of which was amazing i felt like professional footballer and good fan base it, it was it was amazing like we've kind of got to around the timing of the episode where you know where we're finished essentially and, and there's so much more I would love to kind of get from you because yeah. there's so much to learn from in terms of maybe some of your highest moments and some of your challenges could we quickly explore that quickly like what, what's been yeah. one of your most the highlights of your career so far on one of the most challenging let's start off with the challenging uh, I went up, broke my leg. It was probably one of the most challenging moments. Like, we were last game of the season in Carolina. And so, playoffs are next game. And I'm just I'm just running down the right-hand side with the ball and it's bouncing slightly. And this kid just basically two-foot tackled me. Like, while, while the ball's bouncing to try and get it, and my leg is planted. And I just tore all the ligaments in my left ankle. Broke my fibula. It's called, like, a Mason new fracture. And... Uh, just like the comeback from there was it was really hard like there were times where I was just like I'm never really gonna be the same again or play again or you know 
get to any next level that I was planning on. At that time, like, I, I did have ambitions to come back to the UK and play still. Like, I was planning on going, hopefully doing well here and then uh, looking to come back to the UK. So I was like, oh, man, like, that's all over with. And uh, just, like, at that time, the team was at Carolina, didn't have the best medical staff, so I didn't really do any rehab. Like, it was just, like, I'm sitting at home with the club not really reaching out to me or anything. And then preseason started, I'm turning up, I can't really run a kick and I just went out there and like started going slowly and uh I mean like it's still not great like I have like zero range of motion on my left hand ball uh definitely slow me down but I had to I had to adapt my game and I think going to the psychological part like if I went to play I had to play differently I used to be much more use my physical attributes my speed and my strength to get around I had to learn to like think more uh getting better little pockets and positions think ahead you know those just to be able to carry on playing but I think it made me a better player to be honest because maybe I was relying too much on my physical side but yeah I've, I've never physically been the same since then like I'm still struggling with things with it now so from that moment like I don't know I feel like it really hurt me um I appreciate you sharing that and one of the things I would even ask how long ago was that that was probably like 2000 eight nine maybe so yeah yeah, a long time ago and I mean like that was before I'd played in MLS so I managed to come back to some sort of state where I could uh Mm -hmm. still you know get to a higher level but I think I was I like if that hadn't happened I'd have been better yeah what was your highlight of your career the highlight was probably when I was in Vancouver when we played against LA Galaxy in the playoffs and uh you know, it's my first time playing. It was a play-in game. Like, we, I think we finished fifth and we had to play in to get the playoffs or something like that. And... Uh, you was there at the time, LA Galaxy, because it's been quite a few. Days. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I have played against Beckham. I remember I crushed Beckham in a tackle yeah. one time. And I felt bad, but I just want to tackle him. Like, anytime Henri will get the ball when we play against Red Bulls or when he was at... Uh, oh, no, but yeah, he was at Red Bulls. I would run back just to try and get a tackle in. But, uh, yeah, when LA Galaxy, I remember playing Beckham, but I don't think he played in that game. Uh, I don't think there was any of the big, big names there in this game. But I just had, like, a really good individual game. I had an assist in the game. We unfortunately lost 2-1, I remember. And this still haunts me. I had this chance to kind of finish the game. I think at the time it was Mm 1-0. And I go – I'm not through on goal, but, like, I'm on the edge of the box and there's, like, a window for me to shoot. And I, like – I'm trying to decide, do I, like – cut it back across the goalie or just bend it straight. And I, in, in the end, I like kind of bended it to the side of mine and the goalie managed to get there. But I wouldn't look back at that chance that could have finished that game. And they went down, like we had a couple more chances after that. It was like Bob around the box. We had Kenny Miller on our team and it like came to him. He almost scored. And then we had this guy, Barry Robson, who played for Middlesbrough, a Scottish guy. And then he had a chance and we didn't put that one away. And then they broke down the other end. Got, I think they got a corner, scored off the corner and ended up beating us 2-1. But I just remember playing really well. I was playing on the left side in the 4-4-2. I was playing left of the four. And uh, I was just dribbling my guy every time. Like, I would nutmeg them, put it over his head. Like, and I just had the assist. And I was feeling confident, you know. But if I put that chance away, yeah, everything could have changed for me, you know. Uh, but, yeah, that was just like, I felt like, oh, I'm, I'm a good player now. Like, I'm playing in the MLS against good teams and doing well. So, I felt good. Mm-hmm. Speaking of experience, what's been like one of your biggest lessons or, yeah, in your career so far that you feel would add value uh, to other players? 
yeah, I, I would say that that whole piece that I've mentioned kind of throughout this is just using your mind more. I feel like early in my career, I was very physically, everything was physical. I want to do everything fast. I want to get the ball, the dribble, you want to body you, like all that stuff. And then like, again, went from my injury, having to use my brain more. Then when I went to MLS, I had to completely change my game. I remember my first couple of games at MLS, I was just trying to do what I used to do in the USL and the players are a little bit smarter, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster. So I had to, again, adapt my game to use my brain more. So think ahead. Now that was the biggest thing was thinking ahead, checking my shoulders, stuff I never used to do. I used to never, never check my shoulder. I used to just get the ball, <coughs> start to turn. If someone's there, I'm going to buddy you, you know? And, like, I think in the, the America, the game went more technically based earlier. So players don't use their body as well. So I used to get away with a lot of not, like, checking my shoulder, just using my strength, like, get-out situations and my, my speed and my feet or whatever. But, like, when I went to MLS, that did not work. I remember my first game, just just... Get into so many scuffles and challenges of the ball, and everyone was like, "It would come to me, you know." The game would slow down and stuff. So just using my mind, thinking ahead before the ball's even there, I need to know this option, this option in midfield. I need to check my shoulder, do I man on? I remember, I always remember at one training session before a game, and uh, Cole Robinson, who's coached over here, but he's a, he's a Welsh guy, played for Wolves, really good football player, really smart football player, uh, was playing in training as one of the coaches. And I get the ball and I haven't checked my shoulder and he just crushed me. And that was to, not because he didn't like me. It was to teach me a lesson right. that I've got to check my shoulder. Because he used to tell me all the time and I never used to do it because I'm so used to just not doing it. And from that moment, I, that like sticks to my memory. Like, oh, I've got to check my shoulder, check my shoulder, check my shoulder. Like, so again, so it's something using your brain. I think, and when I'm talking to my kids, uh, they're, they're under nine kids, you know, and they're maybe not going to get it. But if I keep reinforcing, I'm like, you've got to use your mind more, think ahead. And to get your body shape right before the ball comes there and I think that's one of the most undervalued tools of football you know everyone's like oh use your left foot use your this that never but the game is mostly played with your brain you know your brain affects all all the the body parts so I think tapping into that and kind of goes well with the psychology part is one of the most important things to be to play at the highest level because those players are so smart that if you're just trying to outrun them and out fight them it's just not going to work because they've got the answers for that in their mind you you said this to the right person i have to admit i did not pay him or ask him to say that he, he said it off his own back <laughs> <laughs> i didn't tell him to mention Perfect. psychology but no I, I agree and one of the things i really push is is using training as an opportunity to create those habits you know it, it's it's yeah. no good really trying to to go in a big game and and start doing things all of a sudden it's, it's things that you you need to cherish the training um element yeah. so that it becomes habitual so that when you do engage in competition it becomes a lot more natural so i definitely support what you're saying and I, and i really um appreciate you even mentioning the supporting system because the last two episodes have actually been around creating your supporting system and being open with them mm. because it's, most people have supporting systems but do you, you really utilize them and do you open up yeah. and do you yeah. share the positive as well as the challenging scenario so i'm glad that you've kind of allowed that whole message of the support system and those around you to kind of transition into this episode as well so appreciate your perspective yeah. i think on that just real quick like i think when you're younger it's much harder though like when you're younger you don't want to rely on other people so much and you do and even if you're feeling something inside you don't want to share like you, you need to come across a certain way and i think as i've got older 
it's been much easier but i'd say to anyone young listening you know like people want you to succeed like your people around you want you to succeed so if you can open up to them a little bit and let them know what you're feeling whether that be pressure or whatever like you should and i wish earlier you know i'd kind of told my mom and dad how i'm feeling because i feel like like me just kind of not uh opening up to them maybe they didn't understand like how much pressure I felt and stuff like that. And I, a lot of the pressure I felt was for them. Like I wanted to be successful because they wanted me to be successful more than I really wanted it for myself, you know? And I was, my biggest fear was letting them down. But had I opened up at that time, I feel like they would have took that pressure away from me and said, listen, like, don't do it for us. But that's in retrospective, you know? Like at that time I was in a place where I could have like these deeper conversations with my parents. So. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I guess, you know that's 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 great that you have that and i appreciate you from passing on that message and that's why i even mentioned even getting in the habit of speaking positively you know just even just letting know people know when you had a great game just getting used to yeah. speaking and, and sharing your experiences because it is going to be daunting if you want to tell someone that yeah, you're struggling when you don't tell them anything so yeah. getting in the habit of sharing that's the true. good elements and the things that you're going through almost makes it uh seem natural for you to actually share when you're going through a challenging scenario so we've just spoken so much and, and, and that's only testament to, to you, uh, you know, offering so much information and your journey. And we've literally gone literally just over an hour. And for those listening to the podcast, this is going to be cut short into a 25 minute episode. So, you know, um, I just want to say thank you for like literally taking the time and speaking to us. Um, sorry for taking more than your time. I, I promised a little bit shorter. I want to just kind of close it now, let you have the opportunity to enjoy your day and um, yeah. When I come over to the States, I'll definitely be coming to ch- to see you in Indiana. Yeah, come and check me out. Come and check me out for sure. For sure, man. Well, listen, all the best, and um, we'll be in touch and look forward to seeing you in action for, your, right. for what you say is the last season. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully right. we'll see. Take care, my man. All the best, Matt. Thank you. All right. Thank you. You too. Yeah. Thank you very much. Cheers. And that was a really good conversation with Matt. And I just realised that I had my mic in the wrong hole in my camera. So the audio is going to be completely different. Hopefully it's not too bad of a listen. But I just want to kind of echo some of the things that we discussed. And again, last week we were speaking about you being able to... Well, the last episode we were speaking about you being able to communicate. Um, The episode before that, we were speaking about support as well. And you building that support system around you. And then today we we speak to Matt who, you know, made the journey from the United Kingdom to United the United States and one of the most important things that was able to keep him during his time to endure and you know and to overcome challenging scenarios and circumstances was the the support system around him and so that is definitely a take-home message I definitely think that it will be good for you to have an idea of the place that you're going to whether you identify the culture you have you know an idea of how the country operates in terms of you know the the footballing system Um, maybe it'll be also good for you to ensure that you have you almost do an assessment of the agent that you're working with or whoever is representing you whether they're able to support you and adequately look after some of the things that um, will allow you to focus more on football 
And then um, lastly is for you to have a philosophy, you knowing what you want, knowing what you want to get out of your career, knowing what your purpose is and what you want to be remembered as as a football player. I feel like that will be important for you because there's going to be testing times whether you would want to continue or not. But if you have your own philosophy, which is spoken about in earlier episodes in terms of what you want to achieve and who you are and what you want to bring to the team, your quality, and as I said, what you want to be remembered as, those will be driving forces that keep you, especially in um, a scenario of moving abroad, which is a tough scenario for anyone to take. But hopefully now that we've got players that I'm showing this is possible to do and still be recognised in England, um, I'm hoping that for those that have that, uh, that scenario presented to them, they are able to prepare themselves adequately and not look down at those opportunities. Anyway, all the best. We went over time. We literally, me and Matt spoke for over an hour, but I'm going to condense this episode into about 25 minutes and I'll probably drip feed you guys with some of the extra content and topics that we discussed on Instagram. So make sure you're checking that out. You're following the Feel for Football page and that'll be on my page as well. Um, the content, the extra content that me and Matt filmed. Anyway, till next time and enjoy your week.